0: You know, entrepreneurs come in all shapes, sizes, and ages. And today on this episode, we have Brian and Bill. And there's so many things we talked about that is their business related. They're in the energy sector, they're energy lifetimers, they're amazing friends. So, speaking to the two of them, you can see how much they care about each other's success. But man, when we start getting into the details, you'll get a ton of life lessons, the importance to go for the things that matter to you how no is not an answer you should accept. And at the end of the day, these two gentlemen have figured out not how to look at their business from an external growth perspective, but an internal joy that they get every single day by making a difference in 1% of the humans that they meet. Certainly one of our most famous conversations and most happy conversations the most joyful conversations and if you're considering getting into entrepreneurship, but you're giving yourself all the reasons not to, including maybe I'm too old for this game, these two gentlemen will change the way you look at life and maybe a little bit about yourself. So listen to the show, hit the like button, subscribe button, and find them on LinkedIn and tell them you heard them on Year One Podcast.
1: Welcome to Year One, hosted by me, Dioclopis, and my good friend Satish Barner. On year one, we speak to early stage founders, business owners, and entrepreneurs about the highs and lows of the early years, the challenges and rewards, and everything else in between. So, without any further ado, let's get into this week's conversation. Well, Brian, welcome to year one. Sedition, I'm really happy that both of you have joined us today. We're looking forward to this conversation. And we're going to get to know your business. But before we get to know your business, we want to get to know both of you a little bit better. So, this question goes to both and maybe Brian, you start. What I would like to know is what was the one or two significant events that happened in your life that put you on the path that you are on today? Ooh,
2: that's actually, so a one or two, there's actually a multitude of things in, in what we are doing with Energy Rogue, our company. Bill and I were talking about it recently because we really want to convey our our origin story and and the concept of what we started. We launched EnergyRogue.com in 2021, but the genesis of that happened in 1995, and that is when Bill and I first started working together. Bill had been in the energy industry here in the United States, and I started working with him. Not really realizing which direction was up or down, you know. And Bill took me under his wing, mentored me, and we talked about, we talked about the fact that we should work with each other because number one, we have fun. Number two, we're, we approach ourselves and our business and our relationships with honesty and integrity. And as long as we're honest, and retainer integrity, we believe everything else will work out. So it's it's really those two values that guide us. It confuses some people because sometimes we uh, approach things and a little bit differently. Mm. Anyhow, Bill and I had that concept, but then we really didn't start it till twenty twenty one because we had this. We bought into the myth that companies are stable. We Worked at a company, then that failed, and then this company gets bought, then this one grows and then shrinks, and we had experienced so much job volatility, but by the time I was 30, by the time I was 30, I'd been through so much job volatility that I'll, I'll, I'll save the 2008 story for a bit later, but I'd been through so much that I realized there is no really stable job existence, the only stability that I can manage is myself. And if if I'm honest and true to myself, and uh, I was in energy commodities trading, I got to see a lot of crazy things like when Enron melted down, and I worked on a trade floor that the Department of Justice here in the United States handcuffed a coworker that sat two seats down from me. So that was really a life lesson to me, like, no, that honesty and integrity is way more important than sometimes people even realize. Anyway, I'm talking a lot. I have that habit. So it's a multitude of things that kind of led us to this path. And we're kind of leaning into and embracing just being ourselves, and it attracts similar people, there are people that don't get attracted to that, that want to be sold something, you know, make, I want you to sell me something. Well, if it doesn't fit, it doesn't fit. Let's not fit a square peg through a round hole. It, it, hey, life's life short. As a matter of fact, one of our recent consulting clients, when we met with the CEO, there there was kind of a uh, a moment there was kind of a moment where he was expecting a sales pitch and he was asking about our authenticity. And I said, what you see is what you get. And if you don't like it, there's billions of other people out there. So go, go find one, you know, like if, if it doesn't match, there's no reason to force that. So anyway, I'll set up there. Bill,
0: I can't wait to hear your version.
3: <laughs> when Brian and I were at work at this one company back in 1995, I was responsible for all the sales and Brian had been hired to come in and call our customers. Only he was working for the development office, not mine. And so one day I I listened to him talking to our customers. And when he got off the phone, I looked at him and says, you have no idea what you're talking about. Do you?
0: (laughs) (laughs) What did I, what did I say, Bill?
3: (laughs) He's right. He looks back at me and goes, no, but they seem to like me. <laughs> so from then on, I went to his boss and said, "Brian will spend one hour a day in my in the afternoon in my office, and we will be learning Brian about the oil and gas business." And so that's where we started, and that's when I, that was the first time I really met him. I bet I realized how smart he was, and he's probably one of the smartest guys I know, and he knows how to go with the flow of a conversation. So we've had a we've had a great relationship ever since. I think one of the things that it just feels natural that we ended up in business together. We've worked at four different companies together and and we sit there and watch people who are smarter make really dumb mistakes. And you just want to go, there's a lot of other people working here that are really screwing with their lives. And we said you know, job security is the ability to market yourself. Right, that's exa- you. that's exactly where we're at. Yep. So, but we wow. also have a whole
1: lot of fun doing it. And that's an interesting point. Well, you've actually both you and Brian have said we have fun together. How important is fun in building a business? Zero, Zero Dion. Have you not learned any? <laughs> any of our guests is painful. <laughs>
0: scary. It's exciting. What? who are you guys?
2: Boy, no, that's exactly the you. Guys,
3: you're smiling. You're doing it wrong, man. <laughs> 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 the difference is, is that people look at us and say, well, you guys have fun. I says, no. What we have is joy. Fun is oh. the result of that. G-
0: <laughs> That's the viral hit right there.
2: I mean, were, listen, I, I'm
3: just trying to live up to Brian. And I gave ourselves new titles not long ago. Oh and yeah, so we got tired of this co-founder and all this other stuff. So, so Brian is the chief executive of Happiness, <laughs> and I'm the
1: and I'm the I'm and I'm the purveyor of deep thought. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that on your LinkedIn That's program. Good. There was a question, Purvey of I thought, My God, I've never heard that title before. Is that an energy-related no. title? Well, you know,
3: <laughs> Brian thought that if I used the term, you know, "Intergalactic act of chief, that that seemed a little pretentious. <laughs> yeah. Well,
2: That's we it. were looking it's for awesome. titles. That's we didn't really, really have not. titles. And we're – because Bill and I – uh are the company. So this is you're looking at it and it's because it's self-funded. It's something that Bill and I fund out of our pockets and and create have created from the ground up. But the um but the but the thing is is that the joy it, it reminds me and part of the reason Bill and I are often on the same page is there's a actor Henry Winkler who played the Fonz on Happy Days way back when He's known as as one of the happiest guys in Hollywood. And somebody asked him. They said, "What what makes you so happy?" And he said, "Gratitude and humility." And th- those those aren't stated things in the ethos that Bill has, in the ethos that that I have. But I think every day we approach that with we're grateful to be here. So. We're grateful and we realize Lovely. there are people, so a, 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 a very awesome moment for me was when, when I was talking to my daughter and she, she, I got to overhear her convey a thought that we discussed. Somebody was calling somebody else dumb, said that person is dumb. My daughter, who was a, a, a lot younger at the time, I I, I don't remember what age, maybe uh, eight or something like that, and she said, "No, no, nobody's dumb. We all just know different things." And so the thing is, is that there are no dumb thoughts. There are no there are times we're right, there are times we're wrong. We're not going to stop swinging. We're going to keep going. And so that's so anyway, not to get too deep, but
1: that's my two cents. And one last, qu- one last question, if you don't mind, Satish. I know you've got a few there, but are both of you first gen entrepreneurs or do you come from a family where entrepreneurship was encouraged and was the norm?
3: Um, um, well, I'll, th- I'll take that back. My,
2: I have two brothers who are entrepreneurs as well, but my father was not. He, he worked for the government for his entire life. My father worked for the same company for 30 years and then got pushed out when he got quote unquote too old. They didn't say too old, but it, it happens. And that's some—that's a risk that I saw when I was in my 20s and 30s, where I was like, you know what, companies have this habit and it happened to me with somebody else that I worked with after Bill that was more experienced and we both got laid off at the same time. I got a job in two weeks and the other, uh, the other guy had to pick a different career direction because what we found, and especially in the energy space, I don't know if it's common in other areas, but in companies look at a profile, they will never admit that there is ageism, but there is ageism. And the fact of the matter is once you start to be above a certain age, they start looking at the utility differently. And sometimes it's the outright fear of being outshined by somebody that is older and more experienced. And I, I, I made yeah. a comment to my wife when we met and got married in, uh, in the early 2000s, I said, you know... If I ever got independently wealthy, which I'm not, still working on that, but uh, I'm gonna go hire a bunch of old guys and we're gonna we're gonna kick
1: kick some butt. <laughs> like so that. anyway. And and tell me quickly, I don't know if this is the perfect opportunity now to talk about because you've you've referenced the volatility of being a permanent employee. And also you mentioned that. You and Bill met back in the 90s, but you only really went out on your own in 2021. And you also referenced this 2008 event. How did those, how did, how did it come about? What was the catalytic moment that the two of you decided, you know what, now we're going to go out on our own and do our thing? And then also, if you can maybe just give us some indication around this 2008 event that was right. quite significant.
3: Well yeah I tell people I've been laid off by some of the finest companies in America. And so <laughs> I, you know I don't get laid off by just tractor yeah. companies. I get laid off by the good ones. <laughs> <laughs> but and and the the last one I got laid off was literally within seven days, I turned sixty five, got laid off and COVID happened. Wow. And so I'm, and then I went to the, I went to the doctor, doctor, and says, I have to ask you this question. Are you depressed? I go, really? <laughs> <laughs> if I'm not, put me in the institution, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I think what happens is when you look at this, you get to be You know, you start off being cynical, then you just can be practical. Right. I mean, the last company Brian I worked for was Lynn, and Lynn filed bankruptcy. And my boss came to see, he says, what's going to happen? I says, well, it's going to get worse before it gets better. He says, how do you know that? Well, because this is my fourth bankruptcy. It's not like it's, you know, you, you see these companies go through this. Most of them, and I was a credit manager for eight years in this industry. And I tell them it's very seldom they lose business. Most of the time it's poor management, just almost every time. Yeah. And you can trace it back that, and you can see it happening. And so it gets better and then it gets worse. In those
2: circumstances, when there's intense stress, people behave differently. And I've, I've gotten to mm-hmm. see in that volatility, I, I, I mean, let's be real. People get scared. And people respond differently. Bill and I worked at one company in 1999 that actually there was one strategic deal. It was a startup. It was a software startup in 1999. And it was, it, it was very strategic and ahead of its time. And there was one deal that the, we advised the president, you have to do anything you can to get this deal and I was in the room and they asked for something. They asked for like 70% of the company. And he said, no, no, that's too much. And, and I said, you need to get them back. And he was like, no, no, they want too much. And I said, they hold the keys to the market. 30% of something big is big. You know, like they hold the keys. And he he said, no, well, in two years, that entity went Chose a different outfit, and that company is worth $40 billion today. Ours went bankrupt inside of two years, and Bill and I shortly got laid off after. But there was a circumstance that was kind of a good crisis of conscience for me. I was 30 years old at the time. I was one of the founders of the company. I co wrote the business plan. I thought I was completely insulated. We reached a point where we had, we had. 3 months worth of cash left and we had 70 employees and I was on the executive team and I was 30 years old and I remember we we sat around this table the executives and our venture capital said you have to extend the 3 months to 12 months and since we couldn't elevate the revenue that meant cost cutting and our highest cost was people and I remember sitting in the room like oh I've never been on this side of the room anyhow the 3 to 12 months they said okay we're going to lay off these 20 people or these 30 people like and i did a quick count since i was the on the executive team i knew what everybody in that room was making i did a quick count and i said you know what i have an idea and they said what's that and i said if everybody in this room takes a pay cut to the highest salary outside this room and gets equity in exchange for their sacrifice we can meet, meet the cash objective because if you cut outside this room, you are cutting sales, you are cutting support. We will, we, all you're doing is changing when we close, not if we close. If you do this, it gives you a chance. And Bill and I were laid off the next day. So um, hmm. I, I, I went home that day <laughs> and they, they also retraded a, 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 a contract. And I confronted them about that and they said, well, you, you're going to have to take us to court, but we're going to be bankrupt before you ever get there. So it, like, we've had very hard, blunt conversations. And that was a that was time I was 30 years old. I'm in my fifties now. That's part of the reason we are resilient on honesty is I went home, I looked at myself in the mirror and I said, you know, knowing what I know now, would I have said the same thing? And I said, absolutely. Every time, 100%. Now, at 30, I may have been a little bit more brash. As I've gotten older, I may round it out better, but the the point's still the same. And that's That's what Bill and I are stubbornly resilient on is you can't ask us to lie, and we're not going to lie. And Bill and I, w- during that circumstance with bankruptcy, there's a lot of scared people because their jobs are threatened. And right. Bill, Bill and I both had people reporting to us, and in that circumstance, they sought guidance. And w- one, of, one of mine, it was his first time through, he said, well, what, what, what should we do? And I said, well, first off, brush up the resume and start kind of networking a little and he said, you're my boss. I said, yeah. And he goes, you're supposed to make me feel comfortable. I said, well, only if I'm incredibly selfish and a liar would I do that. You shouldn't be comfortable right now. And I said, I don't want to, I'm not trying to purposely make you uncomfortable, but the reality is there's risk. There wasn't risk yesterday and there's risk today. So you need to behave appropriately because if the company can make a nickel by cutting you, they will. And I said, I won't, but they will. So and he said, But you as my boss, you're not being loyal to the company. And I said, I'm not loyal to companies. I'm loyal to people. People will protect me and people will help me. Companies, they'll come and go. So anyway, I'll get off my soapbox. Wow. <laughs> no. I I
0: love that because I think we're all in that age range of of, of having gone through some tough times. And I've been a serial entrepreneur. Yeah. I think I told you guys. I I failed my first job interview at 20. And then I was said, I'm never going to get somebody else to ever assess my value because of a resume. I love that. And I never, ever listen where somebody's going to decide if I'm good enough for a, a number. Like, what? This is, you know, 2000. What am I worth as a new? engineer graduating like 30k like somebody thinks i'm not worthy of 30k after i put like 30k into education i said like, fuck it i'm gonna make my own my own path and i never look back but i love that i'm Satish. sharing is you know, as people get into entrepreneurship it's less about the business pitch It's less about the tam and the cac and the sale it's whoever you are you giant spotlight. And all the good parts of you gets highlighted, all the not so good part of you, the scary part of you, the little kid version of you, all gets highlighted. And you have to deal with all of that. And when I look at you guys, I'm I'm so amazed at your resiliency and your ability to just keep getting up, man. Just getting up after a punch, getting up after a punch, and then do it with such humility and joy. And that for me is like awesome. You guys have like totally blown me away. I do want you to talk about oh your business yeah, because both of you, we have a business but Shit's on energy. <laughs> I thought we were just having fun. <laughs> why? Yeah. Oh, like oh, why? why energy? Like it's an interesting category. My perception of that from the outside is very serious. They don't fuck around. It's like serious business, and y'all yeah, been in it for like
1: right. a whole bunch yes. of
0: time, and you've up. <laughs> And it wasn't like you were in parallel, it's it's energy, energy, energy. And so what is it about energy that got you in the game? My,
3: and, and my first job was throwing dinosaurs in tar pits. That's where I started. <laughs> <laughs> you you know, Seth, my degree's in religion. And a lot of people says, What are you doing in the energy business? What? And I says, Well, no. My years in energy business, there's been many times when we needed divine intervention, but but I started out in the field. I started off my first job was climbing derricks offshore. And what I found out is everywhere I went amazingly enough, there were people. And that's who you work with. You work with people. You don't work for companies. You don't work for any of that, and so Brian and I over the years is that one common denominator we have is that we're more interested in success of people than we are success of companies. Right, and and that's really sort of going back to the origin story of Energy Rogue is that you know we're going this shouldn't be this
2: hard or this expensive. Yeah.
3: So I'll let Brian take it from there.
2: Well. So Satish, uh, we, here's the pitch. Shark Tank. Shark Tank. You're on the, on the, on the, so for energy markets, we turn data to information, to strategy, to action. And we utilize a couple of different ways to do that. One is our website and our platform, which we sell subscriptions for $89 a month. Then we, what's happened organically is a lot of consulting as people are looking for a little bit more personalized guidance. And we have some other unique opportunities we're looking at. We're starting to develop education courses and education within the energy space, partially because what we found in the energy space, let me back up. I used to be on the commodities trading side of the world and in 2012 i think yeah 2012 i moved to a different side of the business so i used to be on trading commodities like the financial and the physical commodities there was arbitrage you know so a lot of trade desk options stuff like all the all, all all the mathematical technical analysis all that stuff i did that for a long 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 time and in 2012 Bill actually introduced me to someone. Don't you be blaming this on me. I'm going to blame it on you. But it gave me an opportunity. At that point, most of my specialization was on natural gas trading. So whether it was physical, financial, and in a way, I was kind of bored because if you gave me a location in 30 minutes, I could tell you exactly what to do, exactly what the value is, and exactly what your strategy should be going forward. I wanted to explore something different, so I went over to Lynn Energy, and that exposed me to crude oil, natural gas liquids, infrastructure, because energy takes a lot of infrastructure to be utilized and moved, and over that time is is where where we work together. But when I went from trading to that side of the business, we were with a, a business that was probably valued what two two plus billion. There's yeah. something like that. So two, it was a company worth two plus billion and they hired me, but I asked for subscriptions to data, to information about the energy markets, because if I'm buying or selling a commodity, I need to understand, well, what's the supply look like? What's the demand look like? What is the technical analysis? Which, What, what does that look like? And there were services that catered to those. Uh so the first one I asked I said well listen I'd like to subscribe to this they were like how much is it and I said 5000 a month and they were like are you crazy No trading companies viewed that as 5000 uh, 5000 a month are you going to are, are you going to make more than 5000 by using that data and I said yes get it 10000 yes get it uh, like I realized at the trading shops, I had over a quarter million dollars of subscriptions to stuff that helped me make money. And when we went to this $2 billion plus company, I couldn't get $500 a month. And, and uh, like, I couldn't, I'm like, I guarantee if I get this information, you're going to make like a hundredfold like I, I i if I don't know this, I'm flying blind and and I just couldn't get him over to hunt yeah
3: and it it was really fun to watch his frustration. I mean that's probably cruel, but... <laughs> so he'd call me goes, "I can't get this, I'm going yeah, so
2: what what happened was is that while I was there, a coincidental thing I had a staff person that reported to me, and we had an internal system that she had to go to sixty different spread. Uh, 60 different website pages, download 60 spreadsheets, then cut and paste the data into other spreadsheets every single day. And I, I stumbled across this because I was down in Houston and I said, hey, you want to go to lunch? I can, I got to get this out. And I was like, what are you doing? And then that was all warehoused inside the company in a database. So I went to the technology department and I said, hey, She's doing this. She's spending like two to three hours a day. I need her doing, uh, send me a script. I know this exists on a SQL database. Just send it to me. They said no, which in retrospect was a good thing. But at the time, I it took it me off. It really pissed me off. I was like, you're just being lazy. It, it would probably take you 10 minutes to write a script that gives this. And uh, you're just being lazy. Anyway, they said, no, I was traveling a lot, which meant a lot of time in hotels. So I took a lot of courses on Udemy, other platforms to learn Python. And in a few months, I figured out how to scrape all 60 websites for her inside of two minutes. And I was like, I'm hooked now. So then I started building charts for myself to understand the market better And then in 2018 to 2020 is when Bill and I engaged on, I might not be the only one. So are there others? And that's when we realized, yeah, we're going to package this up, put it in $89 a month because it has to be affordable. It has to be enough to where even if somebody wanted to personally invest in it, they could, you know, if they wanted to understand the market, it's eighty nine dollars a month. It's a little high for a person, for people inside the industry that realize what that does. One of our customers that, one of our customers, he signed up, and the next day he called and he said, "I want a lifetime subscription." I said, "What?" And he goes, "I want to pay you today for the rest of my life." And I said, "Why?" he said. I know you're not going to keep it at $89. And I said, you know what? We're stubborn on that. We're not giving, no, no, we're not going to. I said, we may raise it in the future, but people that are with us for the growth, they'd say it's frozen. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So the average customer can you guys. Looks like <laughs> That's what? a good question. They're- I'll let Bill fill you know, that
3: we, one. We actually, we actually have uh, you know an like
0: $89 credit card. Yeah.
3: We've actually figured that out now five times and have been wrong five times, <laughs> just about the time we think we know who our customer is, somebody signs up and we're going. Do you know him? No, I don't know him. Where's he from? Well, he's from North Carolina. North Carolina didn't have any oil again. So, and and so our our customer, our avatar, is a person who has risk because of oil and gas. And they've tried to mitigate that risk with knowledge. And we help them through those processes. It doesn't matter which end of the oil and gas business they're on, whether they're on the retail end, whether they're on the wholesale end, whether they're in the middle, whether they're pipelines, whether they're midstream companies, whether they're producers, everybody has a risk. And the way I put it is if your business is dependent on the price of oil and gas, you need us you might not know it yet but you'll need
2: us well because of the volatility in other words in the uk you had very high natural gas prices and then citation in canada you you get to enjoy the benefit of having a country that that sells a lot of natural gas so your electricity prices are less volatile but dion has probably a lot more volatility Fortunately, over the last year, it's really tamed itself, but that volatility is going to be coming again. So it has to do with, there are people inside the energy industry and there are people outside the industry. There are individual traders. There are investment shops. There are people internationally that want to understand a little bit more of supply and demand in the United States. So every time we think we figured out who our customer is, it changes because somebody else new signed up. And uh, like we had somebody from Romania and I was like, huh, okay, interesting. All right. Sure. I don't know why, but we, we try and personally connect. We never connected with the customer from Romania, but we try and personally connect with every one of our members is is we we try and do what mm-hmm. we're doing right now okay. for them, and a lot of times a lot of times after we'll talk about their strategy, we'll talk about what they want to accomplish because when somebody signs up it they're doing it for some reason, they're either seeing opportunities for themselves or they're concerned about risk, and we try and understand mm-hmm. so that we can tune their message into the right place and kind of point them because we have our over 140 charts you could spend a day just consuming all this all this data uh so anyway right. i don't know if that directly answers. So you you answered
0: i think it's an interesting thing because you know when we meet folks now it's not the same you know Copycat another spot, uh, Shopify store that's trying to sell on demand t shirts. There's a wave where I almost gave up entrepreneurship mentoring because everybody had a similar drop. I just want a different t shirt, right? Nobody, that, right? Nobody, Nobody my t shirt's going to say that this. Yeah, right. It's a and logo. And I'm like, ah. So when you guys are looking at your business model, there, there's two things, and maybe you can choose who answers which one. But the first question is, you guys came from an, an organizational perspective as, as senior leaders supported by people, staff, products, tools, et cetera. But now running your own shop, what are some of the tools that you invested in to keep your business running? It could be marketing tools. It could be sales tools. But I'm curious what tools that you brought into your business to keep you running. And then the second question is, is this a legacy business? Have you thought about exit strategy at $4 billion? Or is it a lifestyle business, and is that even a thought coming from where you're coming from?
2: How about uh, Bill? How about Bill? I'll answer the tools. How about you a- answer the uh, second one first, and then I'll get to the tools because I think that I think that second one is a more interesting space to talk mm-hmm. about. So, and I always like uh, hearing Bill's thoughts on that if he's there. He's other. I uh, there's
0: deep in thought about how to answer it, but we haven't gotten it. Yeah, okay. It, Bill's back. Yeah. Oh, it must be pretty cold up there. You guys froze.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. But Satish, you froze in a really good pose. I just want to let you know,
2: okay? Thank you. I practiced. I practiced. <laughs> so did you hear the second question, Bill? What, whether or not it was a legacy business? Great. How about you filled that one? I'll fill the, tool, the tools one, but uh, I, 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 well, I did tell Brian he had to buy a better microphone. That was one of the tools we had to do. I do. I'm just not using it right now. <laughs> I know. So, uh, Bill, how about you answer two? What do you think? So, you know, legacy is a really interesting
3: concept that most people don't really even have right now. I mean, most people right now, especially with some of the recession worries that people have, they're just trying to get by day to day. We don't think about a legacy of what that really means. And when you think about legacy, legacy usually is you think about your family and what you're leaving to your family, what's going on there. It's been real interesting to, I mean, as I'm older, I I think about legacy. I think about, you know, and when you start talking about a legacy business, What's been real interesting, I've told Brian this, I says, I don't see people getting in the oil and gas business. I see people getting into business to sell businesses. Now, we know some people and some of our customers. They're a third-generation oil and gas family. And so to me, when you talk about a legacy business, that's a legacy business. Brian and I are, are in this business. It's not so much to leave a business to our family, but to teach our family how to have integrity and honesty in a business. That's the legacy I want to leave. It's not the business. It's the ability that when you have a a problem with a customer, you, you react with integrity. You, you help them with their problems. My son actually has his own business up in Wisconsin and We've talked about that many times, about the frustrations. He he deals with a little bit more retail people than I do, but we talk about how sometimes you just can't please somebody. Mm-hmm. And so you find the easiest, nicest way to separate from that relationship and go on and build your business somewhere else. But so when you talk about legacy, When I think about legacy, legacy is not a thing. It's a whole personality of how you interact with other humans.
1: Right.
0: I like that. I like that, Bill. And I'll give you a bit of a backstory in it after Brian had a chance to,
2: to. And just to piggyback on that is we've been in the business a while. We saw a lot of startups and most startups what they do is they front load a bunch of money and their whole objective is to sell the business. This is self funded by Bill and I. We've actually had some capital say they want to invest and we said no because it changes us. It, 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 you start selling somebody else's line. In other words,
3: we, we don't even like big companies because they, they're aggravating to us. So
2: some people think, yeah, some people that chase only the dollar think that's a misguided strategy for Bill and I, it's, it's a different strategy. It, it, it's, we're not going into this to sell it. We are going into this. If somebody happens to come and, and give us a big chunk of money, we're, we're going to hear it out, but we're not, that's not our motivation, you know? And so we're, we're building this business. As Bill said, that the, the legacy is how we interact with people. And the fact that We will not bend on our honesty and integrity and whatnot. But as far as the tools, I will say we use a variety of tools. Obviously, there's some uh, programming languages like Python that I use, some HTML, some things on the technology side. We do utilize and we actually looked at the platform that we're on right now, Riverside, um, for our purposes We're using StreamYard because it helps us promote, because we can do live streams and just stream content to YouTube, Twitter, because it's only two of us. That means there's only so much that you can push out. And we do utilize some automation tools and things like that, but we're probably a little behind the curve on some of the automation that we could be doing. So we utilize a lot of tools. We look at a lot of technology, technology-related. We do utilize artificial intelligence in some of our energy forecasts. I would, I would advise people to be very critical, especially with the rise of ChatGPT, be very critical of the output that you're receiving because it may not be your in, intended or desired result. So don't just take it at face value and say AI is smarter than all of us. You have to look at it critically. That's part of the balance that Bill and I do when we take a look at the market because we triangulate financial markets, what they're saying, physical markets, what they're saying, and artificial intelligence, what that is saying, and we kind of package it up. And that's where that that's where a lot of our consulting kind of grew from where people are like, no, 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 wait, wait, wait. I want you to tell me for my stuff, what, what does that mean for me? And so that's where we uh, do a lot of that. So I indirectly, I indirectly br- answer that, but I don't have like a laundry list of tools. So
3: you, you can tell Brian's a order. nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> basically, I uh, think basically we look at things both of you. And I, I always ask myself, does it pass the chuckle test? And I don't know if you know what the chuckle test is. The chuckle test is when you look at something and go, oh, yeah, yeah, there's no way that's right. (laughs) And and so many times we we see people make predictions. We're going, what are they on? You know, it's like there's no way that's going to happen. And then we just beat ourselves up when they were right. So, uh, but.
0: but, No, it's good, man. Uh, Before we get into the the last segment with five minutes to go, I just want to share this legacy thing has been interesting because I've been a serial entrepreneur and the only business that I didn't have a strategy and I just launched it was my, was my not for profit Mm -hmm. and a music festival. Mm -hmm. Didn't play it other than those variations of South Asian culture and brownness and religious and culture. And, and everybody was separating all these different things from like the village to the mango tree, to the idol. And I was like, wait, it doesn't make any sense. Why don't we just celebrate all from the culture? So, I started this thing and we're about to hit our 17th year. In the same time, I built hundreds of micro startups and my kids have been involved in all of them from visibility or something. They give a shit. And then, you know, a month ago at dinner, my wife and I was like, man, we're at 17. At 20, it's going to be the mic drop year. We're done. Like, it was good. I'm going to be 50. I started this thing. My kids are like, yeah, you drop the mic and then we're going to take over. I'm like, what? And my daughter Wait. was going to be 18 by this. She's like, yeah, I'm on it. was. Fully committed and confident in her head that in three years it is her thing to build and run with her brother. And I was like, Ooh, all the things I've exposed you to, like this is the one that you already own it. I didn't even
2: realize what this means. So it was a very awesome. As like, Satish said, that's, that's awesome. That's actually one of, uh, like, it, and that's why when Bill talked about the legacy, it really spoke to us because one of my proud parent moments was actually when we were at a previous company and the, uh, my boss paid himself a, a, pay, a, a bonus check of $5 million and, we, and, and Bill and I did not get, like, hardly. We got peanuts relative to that. And so I got upset about it. My daughter was 11 at the time. And I remember the conversation she was hearing my wife and I talk about it because I was going to go down to Houston. I was going to talk about it. And uh, she said, well, wait, 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 you're going to go tell them you don't like that. And I said, yeah. And she said, well, could they get mad? I said, yep. She said, well, could they fire you? I said, yeah. And she said, well, should you? And I looked at her and it was one of the moments that I was like, okay, I, I, I've got to nail this. And I looked at her and I said, if I don't, I'm not honest with myself. I have to do this. Now I can do it without yelling. I can do it without, I'm going to do it with ration, reason, rhyme, That, but I have to be true and honest to myself. And that, like Satish, what you're talking about with your daughter, she's, learn that through osmosis about the being true to herself and following that mission and not necessarily she's translated your experience of being 20 and not letting somebody else assign her worth and that is so powerful yeah crazy man so then, you know, I,
0: I think about those things a lot more now as i get older and as we meet a lot of you know founders Especially folks that are coming into it with a with a different background and not some college kid coming out of university with the first idea, I think about these kind of things you know what's the end road what's the what's the game plan, and how is uh families or or kids how are they actually reacting and I didn't give a shit until now because they were young, and now at fifteen or sixteen, right they have a voice yeah. and they have an opinion, and I was like, ooh, I never asked your opinion on." Where does my life impact you i just you were just part of it and so you know it, it's really interesting as i meet founders and families how do they how does that dynamic play because you don't you can't learn the shit in school yeah. like there's no there's nothing there. factor on the football test and some hard an mba one, class one of
3: the reasons you know, i'm so, on the board of directors for habitat for humanity here in oklahoma city is that you very seldom get a chance to break cycles People are usually involved in in their life, their family cycle. They're tied in. If they're poor, they're probably in a cycle of poverty. It's hard to break that. You usually break it with education or a good job. We have found that being able to help people afford a home breaks the cycle, not in their life, but in their kids' life. And you just don't get that very chance. So that's why it's so exciting to be part of something where you're teaching Deeper than you can buy a lot of stuff and get the new latest iphone that that's that's more and and that's why Brian and I are business it's a lifestyle business we love it, yeah, we talk about it all the time if we weren't selling it, we'd still be talking about all the same things <laughs> <Right>. you know <laughs> and so and uh we Brian probably still would be coding because that's just who he is <laughs> and uh <laughs> He loves the technical. I like to remind him that technicals are not always right. (laughs) And uh, he he tries (laughs) to point out every time the fundamentals are wrong. But we do that in a way that we want to make each each other's lives better.
2: Well, we we challenge each other. And that's part of uh, what's interesting is a lot of our customers realize that Bill and I bring together such an interesting combination because we... uh, match each other's weaknesses, but we also allow for that confrontation or difference of opinion, like we, we do for our customers, kind of a weekly outlook and look back of where the energy markets went and why, and we really try and drive into the why. Uh, crude oil went up. Why? What, what happened? Crude oil is going to go up. Why? What's going to happen? You know, Dion's going to have to pay a, a really high electric bills in the next couple of years unless he goes back to South Africa. Why? Well,
1: we well, we don't have electricity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's very yeah, see, cheap. they don't have it. That, that's
2: why you're paying higher here in the UK. But wait, but, wait. The, uh, but the but but the thing is, is that what we what we often hear is that our customers are like, I'm so glad y'all like disagree openly. And because the thing is, is that we're all better if we come together and have a mutual understanding of it's a safe place to have a different opinion. You can have a different opinion. There's a, a way to have a different opinion about something without being, um, mean or exclusive or, well, I don't like you anymore because you like brown and I don't like brown or blue or red. Especially COVID, especially in the US, we got annoyed with the divisiveness that, that it drove a wedge between people. And we're like, you know, I have friends who have different uh, political stances and different opinions, but we're always able to talk and find common ground. How come the ethos of everything else we can't Uh, like, I I, I don't understand that. And that's where uh, Bill and I kind of reside in that. Not, not one, not the other It's, it's kind of, not to be kumbaya, mm-hmm. but uh, it's it, it, it's all one. we got to be there yeah. for each other. We really get yeah. tired of watching people argue about that. the arrangement of the deck
0: chairs on the Titanic. I mean, you know, it's just sort I of... Think it's it's, it's the little things that, that is not being talked about. This, like, online social media-driven yeah. cock assessment, LTV. I'm like, you know, all that shit is driven by humans. Yeah. And like you said, Bill and Brian, we take care of the humans. The rest of the stuff does what it's supposed to do, you know. As we get into our last confession segment, Dion, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff in here that I think you can't, you can't ignore. As any startup, whether you have you know a small team or a growing team, it's you know, I love the fact that you guys are so zoned in on authenticity and right. humans.
2: I mean, well, because that's that's the center, and and that's if we didn't our motives would be diluted and we wouldn't be able to deliver what we want. And we, we just want a platform to deliver authenticity and, and humanity and, and, in a good way.
3: And Satish, it's not always humans because every now and then, Brian's dog will weigh in on
1: something <laughs> we're saying. <laughs> so guys, as Satish alluded to, we've got this okay. thing called Confession yep. Corner, right? And... Early stage founders, everyone that we've spoken to, there's always something that keeps them awake at night. You know, concern about the business, concern about the journey that they're on. My question to you is, what are the things that are keeping you awake? And if there's nothing that's keeping you awake, how have you quieted those beasts? That's a great, It's <laughs> a great string of...
3: Let me the odd. You're asking an old guy what keeps him awake at night? <laughs>
2: yes.
3: you really want
2: to know the answer to
1: that? <laughs> yeah, well, well I probably suffer from the same symptoms as well in my age. <laughs> so, here's what
3: I look at in my life. First of all, I don't want to have to be dependent on anybody. That's one of the things that you always want to be, is not dependent on anybody. Even the government. I don't want to be dependent on anybody. I really want to see Brian succeed because a lot of people don't know how good a guy he is and as he succeeds he is going to develop something that's really for lack of a better term good for the world you know and like I said when do you get that chance to see that now Brian 20 years from now will be old and he won't remember me because I'll be dead but it is, it is important, even if you don't change the world, to attempt to change. Because it's in the attempt that. that we find out who our true self is and we find our true authenticity.
2: Love that. Yeah, top that. I, I, that come on, man. Yeah. I mean, seriously, <laughs> how can you follow that? You can't follow that. That that that's well. First off, I'm I'm humbled because I I uh, admire and respect Bill, and I'm honored to be uh, th- having Bill say yes to embarking on this journey together. Because uh, we're we're there for each other's success, and a lot of people get confused because they look for levels like, well, who's the decision maker, and it's like. Both, it's yeah, it, it's it's both of us. Well, well, who do I need to prove or do this with? Pick one, <laughs> whoever your your favorite. So we, I, I, as Bill said, I want to I want to see Bill's successful. And in in some ways, i I'd, I'd say probably the biggest fears are we've had a lot of success. Does the success, be, is it fleeting? Is it growing? Is it, uh, y- you know, eh. Bill, Bill and I often approach things from different perspectives. Since, since I was on the commodity trading side of the business for so long, a lot of people think, oh, you're just looking how much how much upside there is. And I said, actually, a commodity traders, how much, how much am I risking? Everything is about how much I'm risking. So when we look at the forward, Bill is the optimist. I'm the pessimist. We become kind of a good yin-yang where I'm like, well, we have to plan if this negative event happens and Bill says, no, we have to plan for if this explodes, we're not ready. We're at that tentative moment where we've had uh, growth. We've had some success. I worry about the success. Moderating or dropping, and and that is uh, a concern. We do want and would like growth. However, what what I, what tames the beast for me personally is the fact that I get to talk to Bill every day, and I, 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 I like every day we're talking and we're flexible, we're adaptable, and we roll with the punches but we have each other's interests at heart to where um i'm gonna steal bill's line he's a person i'll i'd give the keys to my house all my assets and everything and say do what you think is right you know if if i wasn't here i want i would want bill taking care of my family and everything like do what you think is appropriate, because I I have full trust, and that is not replaceable. And that's where both of us, if we were seeking money or to flip a company, we would there there'd be a completely other path that we were taking. And that's why Satish, back to your uh, point, it's it's more of a lifestyle. If it translates to a legacy, but this is how we want to do our business. So Dion, that's a phenomenal question that's my two cents
1: yeah i I just want to thank both of you i think this has been an important i think this has been an amazing episode i want to thank you for your time i i love you know the humility i love this thing about you doing it for fun but with integrity i think everything that you've communicated on this episode today there's so much life lessons And about the way that we should conduct ourselves that is relevant to every person. Whether you're running a business, whether you're an employee, whether you're an employer. And so I would just like to, from the bottom of my heart, thank both of you for this uh, amazing episode. Dion Satish, fantastic. Thank you.
3: Brian always thanks things. And he's gone the whole session without saying (laughs) thank you once. I have been
2: waiting for the thank you. (laughs) Thank you, thank you, thank you. I and have to get out five. There's Bill has a Bill says I I do no no less than five thank yous for every session. So one more thank you. Thank you. We're grateful.
3: Year one is hosted by Dion Kloppers and Satish Bala and does not constitute a recommendation for any organization, product, or service. It is engineered by BlueMex. For more year one content subscribe where you get your podcasts and visit bloomx.io to join us on discord.